Welcome to the Fanboy Forecast Audio Podcast. All things manga and anime. And talking about video games. Bryce will speak his mind. Discussing all the wrongs and rights. It's the Fanboy Forecast. It's the Fanboy Forecast. Hello and welcome to episode 104 of the Fanboy Forecast. I'm Bryce White. I'm here with Annalise. Hello. And today we're chatting about Deltarune. We're going to ruin it. No, we won't spoil it. <laughs> it's not that kind of ruin. Uh, but anyway, before we get to talk about that, we got to talk about other stuff. Yeah. So what do you got to say for yourself, Annalise? You know, I have to say, I don't think I have anything to say for myself that's different from last time. I, hmm. I've just been playing Dragon Quest Builders. That's been my big thing, So I think, which I think I said last time. Yeah, I've been hearing you play a lot while I'm playing Dragon Quest XI, and it's very uh, it's weird to hear the same sound effects. <laughs> it's disconcerting because it's the same sound effects and also sometimes the same music, and mm-hmm. it's just a Dragon Quest household. <laughs> yeah, but- who would have known we would have ended up in... A Dragon Quest household. Traditionally, I don't think either of us had that much interest in Dragon Quest. No, I never played one. Oh, no, I played one on the DS for, I think it was the remake of 4, I want to say. Mm. It was on the DS, the old DS, but right. that was about it. I didn't finish it. Did you talk about Dragon Quest Eleven last time? No, I mentioned it on the other podcast, though. Um, I still like it. I need to get back to it, though. Mm. I guess my one complaint so far is I really want the third party member. I'm kind of tired of only having two people. Yeah. Uh, I really want to get... I've, I, they, they sort of introduced who I think the third party member is going to be based off the way they're all walking in the loading screen. <laughs> so Right, The little right. girl with the big staff who talks very adult for her age, I guess. And She's got an attitude. Like, She's definitely going to be one... Is that how you talk to a lady? <laughs> I'll be talking to the god then. <laughs> I'm sure she's actually 700 years old or something. That could be true. I, I could see that for sure. So I want her to join the party because it's right now it's just me attacking with the two characters. And the, the Eric, who's the second party member, he's a thief. So he steals things, but I can't use it very much because my damage output's way too low. If I waste a turn with him trying to steal. So I want a third party member to like do the damage as well. And they can be like, he will steal and then the other two will attack and end the fight. Mm. That's what I really want to do. <laughs> so one day, hopefully. Last night, I read a Korean webcomic, which I've, I've been getting into the those there's some really good ones they continue to amaze me with how good they are actually the one i read last night is like very shown in i was surprised that i liked it because i actually just kind of clicked on it out of curiosity and it didn't look that good and then mm-hmm. kind of sucked me in more than i thought it would it's called hardcore leveling warrior which mm. is a terrible title but that's just how the translation goes and it's about sounds um, like a gamer tag a bad one <laughs> So, Just throw a 69 at the end or a It's like 420. Sword Art Online, except Ooh. good. Hey, I thought the first season of Sword Art Online was pretty good. <laughs> yes, the first season. I think Sword Art Online is like something that just keeps going and it doesn't yeah. know when its story is done. It's lost the thread. They have guns now. It's not a gun art outline. Right. So I feel like the original story wrapped up actually pretty nicely and then they just wanted to keep going but this one is interesting because it's it's got it's got a little spin on it it's a game that you play in your dreams somehow Mm -hmm. and i don't want to spoil things but it's clear that the world is not what it seems it's not just a video game and there are actual real stakes at least for the main character for how he does because it brings up the whole idea of making real money from the virtual money and farming and stuff like that and basically the main character is in a lot of debt in the real world 
and he's basically been kidnapped by loan sharks and to pay off his debt he has to make a lot of money in the virtual world so he's basically being kept in this like labor camp in the real world hmm. by loan evil loan sharks mafia type people who are forcing him to work and but it's kind of a secret like the people that he's friends with and are helping him out are just like normal people so it's kind of interesting he's leading this secret double life and everything and I that part of it I think is what really kind of intrigued me the other part of it that I thought was a pretty cool premise was he was originally the top level warrior so he had all stats so he was like 999 on all the stats and he was the strongest person in this game world and then basically this random god of the world shows up and kills him and he goes back and because of his character type and some of his personal attributes it made him easy easier for him to get level up really quickly but the catch is if he dies once he goes back to level one so it's the first time in a while that he had died and gone back to level one. And while he had been like at the top level, he had been really an asshole to everybody. So once he falls from grace, basically everyone is so excited to beat him up. And he can't just lock out, log out of the world and say no to this video game world because being held captive, he has to play the game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Sword Art Online does have a way of making it real stakes, even though it's a virtual world, which is good. And I don't know, I I thought, I almost felt like the stakes in a weird way were even higher or more interesting, at least in this one. For me, the what I, the trouble I always have with like this whole thing of virtual world plots going on is that sometimes like it just seems like it's about people having fun in a game and there's no real stakes and it doesn't really matter if they do well or not. I was really into this one because they definitely, I thought, had a good kind of fall from grace story where he has to become nicer now or he's just going to get beat up all the time so it's got a character growth element and then it's got some nice stakes so and it's also very creative there's a lot of imagination put into the character designs in the world kind of reminds me of tower of god which is another korean webcomic that has a lot of creativity and character design and everything you never heard of it uh but it's available for it's available to free to read looks like right because it's a webcomic yes yeah that's cool yeah i like sword online this sounds interesting as well he originally got the ability to become number one because he did this job where he got help from the gods of the world and then that was the curse though that he didn't realize his character type so is very shown in in that (laughs) they think a lot about character class and abilities and skills and stats and stuff but basically one of his skills unique skills lets him gamble to get higher so if he but and not only that but his luck stat he has another personal attribute where his luck stat is always high so this combination means that he's pretty much set up for success but if he messes it up one time and dies one time then he gets reset back all the way so, so it's like a rogue like then <laughs> he's basically playing while everyone else is playing mmo <laughs> right and he's the only rogue like right mm. i don't i don't know if it's the translation or i don't completely understand all of the mechanics how the battle mechanics of the game work and people's skills and attributes like sometimes i've gotten kind of confused about what the characters can and cannot do but mm. overall i enjoy the main gist of the story mm-hmm. that's called hardcore leveling warrior Right. Okay. Cool. And you do have to pay, I think, like the first few chapters are free, but then later okay. on you pay gotcha. a little bit. Oh, that's cool. Which is how Korean webcomics are kind of going right now. Well, you know, they had to make money somehow. Right. <laughs> they put out a lot of content, but I don't think they have the same resources that like Japanese 
comic um, mm-hmm. artists do. So speaking of like uh, paying for like online digital comics, uh, Viz has announced a really good service. That I hope it turns out as well as it sounds mm-hmm. for their I guess for two dollars a month, which is nothing. That's a that's actually is that less than what it costs for like Nintendo Online for a year. <laughs> anyway, it, they're gonna have their entire back catalog available for reading. But they're still going to do the weekly chapters. They say day and date with the Japanese release uh, for free. So mm. they're finally going to, I guess, try to actually compete against the ScanLater sites, <laughs> the pirate sites and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that's I mean, they've been doing they've been, they've been doing early releases of the current chapters, but I never really wanted to subscribe to that because it's a bunch of series I don't keep up with. So without the back catalog, I don't have any interest in reading, you know, chapter 500 of My Hero Academy if I haven't read the first, you know, the last 300. You know what I mean? Right. So it's a cool idea. Uh, I'll definitely, give, if it turns out as well as it sounds, I'll definitely subscribe to it. For two bucks a month, and apparently you can also download up to hundred chapters, like borrow them so you can read them offline too. If uh, you don't have internet connection, you sort of download them before you know you're going to go somewhere without internet. Yeah, and have them to read. It's a good return. deal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a great deal. I think consider how much it would cost you to buy the uh, the volumes even digitally. <laughs> exactly. Two bucks is nothing. Uh, but anyway, so I've been reading more My Hero Academia quite a bit. I like it quite a bit. <laughs> Oh, it's great. I love it. I'm on volume nine now. So they're in the training. They're doing like their training summer camp and that's about to get invaded because the villains seem to always want to invade at the worst times. <laughs> this is the arc they're on, I think, is one of the best arcs or mm-hmm. at least people's favorite arcs. Okay. I feel like a lot of really classic things happen in this arc that kind of get called back to okay. later on and stuff. It really kind of sets up a lot about like the main villains mm-hmm. and the conflict with the main heroes and everything. So it's a good it's Good. not filler. It's like no. an arc that really moves the main story forward a bit. I'm glad because they tend to like to go into training stuff a lot of the time or tests at the academy, which I understand mm-hmm. they're in is My Hero Academy or they're in school, but <laughs> to be heroes. But I'm a little getting a little tired of the training and tests and stuff, so I'm glad this last training exercise is going to be invaded because I think that <laughs> was way more interesting at this point. Normally in Shonen stuff, a lot of training and tests bother me and get old, like you're saying. But for I have to say, for My Hero Academia, he does it so creatively that he'd have to do it a lot to bore me. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I do like it quite a bit. I like a lot of the characters. I hope some more characters of the class get focused on mm-hmm. a little more. I think so. Like I like the the crow guy. He didn't, he was in the school festival. They had him. He had some time to shine. But after that, I haven't really seen much from him. I haven't seen anything from like the speaker girl, so to speak. Yeah, they both definitely shine in okay. um, this cool. arc. And then I think they also go in. If I'm remembering correctly, um, the other class you learn more about the other. It'd be class, yeah, the similar yeah, class. Yeah, yeah they, they they get some. They're showing them more too, for sure. They get some time with fighting villains, which is kind of a first for them. So that's pretty cool. That's cool. So I'll definitely read more of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else? You know, I mean, like Smash Bros. came out yesterday, so I'm playing a lot of that. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. My brother has been very <laughs> excited, and every time I talk to him, he's like, Smash Brothers, it's <laughs> happening. They promise kind of like everything ever in a Smash Bros. game or has ever been in a Smash Bros. game. It kind of delivers that because there's so many stages, 103 stages, and only actually a few new, but the fact that they brought back all these old ones and sort of like hd them up so they look really nice is actually really fun and mm. really awesome including some stages that were only in the 3ds smash brothers which i know people played that one i think compared to the wii u one so oh. i'm glad to see a lot of those stages come to the actual proper smash i actually own that game i didn't mm. realize it had unique stages yeah the stages were unique for the wii u and the 3ds versions so they brought the 3ds versions over and it's good there's a lot of cool stages there that's pretty cool uh, and then like seven or 
70 fighters or something like that if you count the me fighters that's so a lot quite a lot I think the point of contention a lot of people are probably going to have is that you start out with just the 8 original characters from the first Smash Brothers and you don't unlock the other I guess 62 mm-hmm. uh, but the unlocks come really fast you can either do it by playing the game naturally and then every so often someone will challenge you every couple minutes of play like here's the new challenger it's, I think it's random because I'm getting different ones that other people are getting as far as first characters introduced right or you can play them you can find them in the story mode and if you unlock them there you unlock them for everything uh, but it only goes one way so if you unlock a character not within the story mode they won't come to the story mode for use in that game but if you unlock them in the story mode they'll come in for use everywhere else so that's fine so no what you're, and also time is passing while you're playing the story mode so when you leave story mode a new challenger is likely going to challenge you so they're coming pretty fast every stage is available out of the gate so I don't know I do question though because Smash is like a pretty big competitive gaming scene why they would do that because you're going to need to have switches that have save files that have the entire roster unlocked to do a tournament you can't is that really that hard, though? It, I mean, you have to have, like, a dozen Switches ready to go for a tournament, a big tournament, or more, probably. Oh, that's true. For something like Evo, the, there, there has to be, like, some code we don't know about, or Nintendo didn't think it through. <laughs> I'm no competitive player. I just, I, someone mentioned that in a podcast I was listening to, and I realized that would probably be an issue. Yeah, it makes sense. Because you can't just tell somebody who showed up at the tournament, like, oh, we didn't unlock your character, sorry. <laughs> You had to play someone else. Like, you can't well, do that. how did it work before? Because I know... Well, you didn't have any unlockable characters. Really? No. I think they were all there. And then there were the DLC characters. I don't think anybody came from... I might be wrong about that, but not the way this game is set up. There's not like 62 characters <laughs> they don't rock, so. So it seems to me like they really want the single player campaign to be played and important then by basically hiding yeah. a lot of the game content behind doing it. Or you can just play the game and they'll come, but. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to play the single player campaign? To no, if you them? play like other modes, they'll unnaturally unlock. Like okay. every so often someone will challenge you. Uh, but you can also do it through the single player campaign. So it's a little confusing, but I only have like 20 unlocked right now. So I got a long way to go. I mean, it kind of makes sense to me. I think so much of like the enjoyment of video games comes from This is true. It's a things. hard, yeah, it's a hard balance, I think, for people who want to play it. Because some people just want to open that game, skip the story mode or single player and just go right online and play nowhere but there for the rest of the, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The day's end, and if your character isn't one of those first eight, it's gonna be. I can see why people get frustrated. I don't know. It's a balancing act. I don't know what the I don't know what the right answer is, but it's a good game. It's very deep with the spirits. The like you can power up your fighters and stats and stuff. It's just surprisingly deep. Uh, oh, it was really cool. Some of those cameos that they <laughs> yeah. get from having the spirits. And they do a really cool job of making those spirits that you fight in the story mode. Like they kind of create scenarios that like represents the spirit. Hmm. So for the Eevee spirit, for instance, you take on three Yoshis, a red, blue, and yellow. Like the yellow has like electrical attacks. The blue has like what fire or red has fire breath that you can get, you know, as items in the game where they automatically have it. And that kind of like, I guess, represents the Eevee evolution sort of. That's pretty cute. Yeah, they do a lot of stuff like that. And I'll say there's some real deep cuts. So I do not, re- I do not recognize every reference that was being made, <laughs> but... That's fine. I mean, that's what Smash Bros. is, deep cuts, you know, at this point. They have, like, 900 music tracks in there. It's 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 packed with stuff. I'll definitely be playing for a while, especially for eight-player Smash at the next party. I'm writing it over there. I can hear you. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, gotta, I gotta write you an important message. They are always important, yeah. Um, but other than that, I guess that's really it for me. Thank you. I needed that. I needed the still stinks. <laughs> <laughs> still, still stinks. So, you have nothing else. So, let's talk about Deltarune. Yes. The follow-up, to, Toby Fox's, I guess, follow-up to Undertale. And I don't know if you knew this, but Deltarune is 
oh, what's it called? An anagram. An anagram of Undertale. Yeah. Dun, and dun, dun, Bryce dun. is an anagram of Cyber. I didn't know that until you told me. I and Annalise does an anagram as anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. So, this is a, it was released for free kind of out of nowhere. I kind of found about it just through searching blogs and stuff as I do. <laughs> yes. And it's the first chapter of, I guess, what could be a bigger story if it gets made. I guess we'll talk more about that later. And it definitely is Undertale for sure in a lot of ways, both in theme and mechanics. Oh, it's so just yeah. Toby Fox definitely has a style, and that mm-hmm. style is like ramped up to 11 in here. From a gameplay perspective, it's the same as like you sort of are going through the store and you want to either you can choose to kill everybody or spare them through your actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it presents itself much more like a traditional like JRPG mm. from the 16 bit era in a way where you have sort of your party members on the left and your enemies on the right and they all take turns and you can attack them like in a JRPG, but it's not really what. Well, what you're supposed to do, I guess we debated, but one of the things you could do is, for instance, ladder one of the enemies so they get all smitten and then I know it's send cute. them away. Yeah. And also, but this work with the other party members. So, for instance, I'm not sure, I didn't figure out how some of the connections work, but there is situations where the enemy can become tired and then your other party member who has a, a pacify spell makes sort of like put them to sleep or make them go away without having to spare them. So only, only your main character can act. So there's a lot, a lot of strategy going on because only your main character can act. So you have to do the acts to put them in a state of sparable, to make them sparable, and then other party members can then spare them. That's sort of how it goes for each battle. <laughs> yeah, and then they've added some, well, it's still the same concept, but when enemy attacks you're gonna get like your heart's gonna come out and then it's gonna be or soul and it's gonna be in this box and attacks are gonna fly at it and you have to dodge them <laughs> uh, but they have a cool um, mechanic though that i think is actually pretty pretty smart is that if you for any near miss that builds up your magic meter and your magic meter can be used for like healing spells and stuff if you're in a tough bind and i guess that's really the basis of the combat yeah so the gameplay is a little bit different from if you played undertale it's kind of about almost like a little bit of a rhythm game yeah slash bullet hell thing where you're dodging that's sort of quite like warrior wear in some weird way like every attack's like a mini like dodge this thing right go over here and in this <laughs> one this is phone. a traditional i guess rpg combat which bryce was talking about but with a spin because you're taking turns but instead of just like it being the actions that you can take are a little more unique and complicated than just like attack defend heal Mm -hmm. so that's pretty cool um plot wise i think there's been a lot of discussion because it online i've seen because it both is related to undertale and is not related to undertale and the story ends with a big cliffhanger um which i think is kind of what has people riled up because toby fox doesn't know for sure although he seems like he really wants to try he doesn't know for sure that he can make more and so i think a lot of people are upset because it does end on a cliffhanger but the story itself also does wrap up in like there's a self-contained little story yeah and then there's a cliffhanger for this greater story. So for me personally, because there is an encapsulated smaller arc beginning, middle, end, for me, I don't feel too disappointed that I might not know the answer to this greater story because I feel like I still got a complete experience, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like he just gave me a beginning. That would be upsetting to me, but there was like a whole beginning, middle, end to the experience. For people who play Undertale or haven't played Undertale, just a quick wrap up is that it involves basically a human child falling into an underground dungeon where monsters were sealed by humans like hundreds of years ago and the king and his monster millions are trying to kill the child because if they get one more child soul 
hole, they can break the barrier that has them locked into the dungeon. But then the story becomes more complicated than that because there's a lot of meta story things happening with save feature being a plot point. The fact that you can die and then reload and try again is a plot point. Um, There are characters that remember, like, if you make a story decision that you don't like later and go back and try to change it, there is a character that will remember that in a previous file you did something else and we'll bring it up to you. And I think a lot of those meta meta story things that kind of incorporate the actual traditional structure of video games is what made it really stand out to people. This game, the story, has a lot of the same characters from Undertale but seems to be in a completely different universe. So that has created a lot of theories about how Undertale and Deltarune are connected. For the basic story of Deltarune though, considering it has the characters from Undertale but with different histories because they've grown up in a different universe. Basically the main character is like a human kid going to school and for whatever reason it's not really explained all of the people in his town are monsters Um, and the character and I think I don't know the gender of the character actually. Yeah his or her name is Chris with a K so I don't know that. In Undertale the gender of the character is intentionally left ambiguous. I guess it's the same here Mm -hmm. for Deltarune. So anyway, they're at school. They get told to go get some more chalk with Mm -hmm. this classmate that's kind of a bully to them. And then when they and the classmate are doing that, they kind of fall into this other mysterious world where they get told that there's this whole prophecy around them and they're the chosen heroes and they have to light this dark fountain and they just kind of go and they meet people that want to help them do this and people that want to stop them from doing this. And they're not really monsters. They're like characters that are um, weird manifestations of children's toys. Yeah, there's a lot of board games, like Mm -hmm. the suits of cards or puzzle pieces or chess pieces. Yeah, They're like toys come to life. Mm -hmm. So it's got a fairy tale vibe to it, I think, because Mm -hmm. of that. And then it's also got an 80s aesthetic as well, which (laughs) is an interesting combination. Yeah. But... The music it sounds kind of 80s and everything. So did I do a good job summarizing the plot and the connections? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, it could get so detailed, mm-hmm. but I just don't want to spoil things, and I think that gives us enough yeah. baseline to have a conversation around it. So I just talked a lot, so I want to hear from you, Bryce. What did you think of the story? And the characters. I liked it. I think that I'm glad that because you said like a lot of characters return from Undertale for this game. Um, but yeah, I should keep in mind like the main story, like the other world they go to, is kind of devoid of any of those characters. Or I mean, there's some theories about some of them, but as far as you can tell, like there isn't the key. The key, the key Undertale casts are just like members of the society in the town that you're going to school in, not the world you fall into. Right. Which I think is good because I want I wanted the majority of the story to be about new characters. I didn't want to have like the continued adventures of you know Sons of Papyrus and Anodyne, you know, with mm-hmm. their from the first game. Because we already did that with yeah. them. So it's a sort of a new thing and they do have sort of some characters like you could, the first main enemy they encounter is Lancer who's the son of the king, the prince of the kingdom. And like you could definitely see he, he is very um, papyrus like from Undertale for sure in his initial attempts to try to stop them it's a, in, a, mm-hmm. in a sense that he always failed and it's really easy to like I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. You know, he sort of creates puzzles that are very difficult and sort of just, it's kind of lazy sometimes. 
His personality, yeah. I think, is a little different, though, from Papyrus. Yeah. Like, Papyrus is very earnest. Yeah, yeah. And this guy is, oh, my gosh. I just You just said his name, and I Lancer. blanked it. Lancer. Oh, mm-hmm. he's my favorite character in it. Yeah. Like, he's just like, he's like a five-year-old that mm-hmm. just wants to destroy everything, but he doesn't mean anything bad. Yeah. <laughs> he just finds destruction kind of fun. Yeah, he was okay, I thought. And then there's... Susie, who is the... Well, she's kind of a troublemaker. A delinquent, I guess is a good way to put her. Um, she's a bully, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She starts out the game as a bully. Yeah, but, you know, like, some redemption will be... Ha- you know, care development's going to happen with her, for sure. You it find it out already her, does her, happen yeah. in the game. Yeah. Uh, and then there's... Uh, what's his name? Azrael? Yeah, Azrael. Yeah. He's cool. I th- he might be my favorite character. He or she. <laughs> so he is the one character that... You said that these are all original characters, and I mean they are original characters, but Razria, Raz, Azrael. No, it's not Azrael. It's Rousey. Oh. Rousey, but Azrael is a character in Undertale, but Rousey is obviously oh. related to. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Azrael's the is the brother who's away at college in this game. It says I'm reading in now. the hometown. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, and I was I was reading. You're right. So who is the other guy? Undertale, Az. Azriel yeah. is like this is a really important character yeah. that to explain him would spoil a yeah. bunch of things. But okay, yeah, you're right. So Raziel, you're correct. He is the sort of the character that brings wants a, them to go stop the Dark Found or the King exploiting the Dark Found or something, and, and he's the sort of the mage of the group. Yeah. There like are a lot of hints that like Rousey is not quite probably does have his heart in the right place, but isn't maybe explaining everything to you and is definitely mm-hmm. hiding some things from you and is kind of unclear if your whole goal of lighting that dark fountain is actually like a good thing or not. Mm-hmm. But I liked all of them and I, I liked the vibe between them and I, I thought it was really cool. And one of the things I liked is because I thought the dynamic, all of the characters in the dynamic were really different from the characters in Dynamic and Undertale. It wasn't just like mm-hmm. Undyne 2.0, you know, like these are really... Yeah, you had a party that you yeah. had to do. That's sort of, I mean, there's kind of the four principal characters, the four we just listed, plus you. Or most of the, actually kind of most of the game <laughs> when you get down to it. Which is kind of cool because it's an yeah. homage to tradition the the yeah. most traditional rpgs where you have that four person party yeah but like the party never really comes together that's kind of fun of it too it's always breaking up and sides are being switched and oh, other yeah. silly nonsense and you just have yeah. two characters or three characters so yeah. they come together at the end really yeah, yeah. and then the game ends <laughs> yeah. So, yeah so that's the thing i thought the game felt rushed at the end once you got to the final area, I would say. Because mm. they introduced a whole other boss-style character who barely has any significance. You know, the guy with the pushing block puzzles. Oh, like, people he felt, love him, though. Really? I don't... Uh, he did not do it for me. And maybe if he had more time to, like, become more of a character. But at the time, I was like, what is this guy? What is the point? <laughs> people decided he was really funny. And I, I, he he, he, he reminded a lot of people of uh, the robot in Undertale. Yeah, but the robot on Undertale was like he he was funny, but also felt very dangerous. <laughs> this guy never felt like, dangerous. Yeah. That's kind of the joke of him, though. I guess he's so, just yeah. ridiculous. So yeah, I thought it kind of rushed up at the end because I thought it went at a really good pace through the forest for the beginning and then in the forest and where else did it go? Fields, I guess. So mm-hmm. yeah, it worked out well. I think that mechanically, I thought it was a, well. It was definitely different than Undertale. I was a little. It was the an, the enemy variety felt a very um, low in this game compared to Undertale. The grand is not as long, but it still felt like I was kind of doing the same thing to pacify almost everybody. Um, and their attacks were kind of all very similar, except for, like, the boss, the final boss. Now, the boss fights 
are one of the bigger parts of Undertale, people remember, from the combat. And there was only, like, one of them in this game, essentially. Maybe two, if you count Lancer's fights, which are really... Yeah, the bosses in Undertale get really epic. They're epic things. And I think the final fight is very epic, but it's kind of like the one fight. Now, granted, this could be a five-chapter thing. I forget what he said it was. So maybe there'd be more. And I just felt like some of the ways you defeat enemies weren't as creative. Like, there's the one where you have to rearrange this guy's blocks, and he's sort of... You gotta press the button in time to make him the right rearrangement and then he can be pacified. It just, it just didn't feel as creative. Like, as Undertale. You know, like convincing that. like this horse muscle guy to flex his way off the screen was very funny and I thought clever from like Undertale compared to something like that. Right. With that said, I still I appreciate the variety with the with the with the, the whole party though. And at one point, you have to basically convince the enemies, like, "Hey, if you don't want to die, you have to dodge Susie's attacks sometimes and stuff like that." So, right, because she's a berserker. Yeah, which was interesting. Right, I thought I, I swore she killed somebody in the first fight, which was in the party with me, and I thought like, "Oh, great, there goes my pacify mm. pacifist run." But I don't think it, it must not have happened. Except after that, I warned everybody. I don't. I think that might be like a freebie the game gives yeah. you that you can still do. A pacifist. Yeah, because it was against that coin guy, that coin dog thing that was like a or a poker chip that's basically what the dog was with the face right it gets a crown and becomes very strong and big and you have to like throw rousey at it to knock the crown out that that was actually pretty good i thought so for people who aren't familiar with pacifist genocide runs and stuff in, in undertale you get a lot of choice in terms of how you play the game and you can not kill anybody and then that's a pacifist run or you can kill everyone and then that's a genocide run or you can do like a neutral run where you kill some people but not other people and one of the cool things about undertale was that you could get very different endings depending on like the types of neutral run that you did as well if you did a pacifist and genocide and to get one ending you have to actually do the pacifist ending with a bunch of stuff yeah yeah so you don't have to do a whole pacifist run, which I thought, but you have to do get a pacifist ending and then go back and then go into the final fight again. And then maybe actually, no, you have to go back to your save file, do a couple extra quests, and then go into the final fight again. And then you get the true ending, well, true pacifist ending. With that setup being a very popular thing and people having very strong opinions about which runs are the best and the true ending and whatever, I think a lot of people were very curious about what was going to happen with Deltarune. There are going to be runs like that. And I think Toby, at least for this kind of almost like prequel thing, Toby Fox made it kind of clear that there weren't runs or anything like that so you can spare an enemy or kill them and that does kind of affect a little bit of how things play out but the basic ending of how things get resolved doesn't really change just how you get there kind of changes which is interesting because that has actually commonly been a criticism of games that try to say your choices matter. Whereas I think Toby Fox kind of gets away with it here because he explicitly tells you like through the game several times your choices don't matter. Mm. So you're definitely prepared for that. But And I it remains to be seen if your choices truly don't matter because I'm wondering if the game will remember like you know how things can play out a little bit differently in this one. So hopefully not a spoiler. You beat the final boss. But how you beat the final boss depending if you killed things or didn't kill things, plays out a little bit differently. And I wonder if in future installments, the game will remember that, and that might matter, potentially. But I don't know, maybe not. Maybe your choices really don't matter. So that's an, another mm-hmm. thing that would be interesting to find out when future installments come. Yeah, it's his first chapter of something, so 
I can't we really don't expect know. a ton of different, you know, to have divergence, great divergence at this point would be kind of crazy if the game does get made all the way through, because then you have to really account for some really different things right. down the line. <laughs> so Right. This is more like a pilot episode yeah. Yeah. or like a pilot thing. So, But it's a really good pilot. Yeah. And I think it made the internet excited about it. And hopefully Toby will be able to hire um, the help that he's saying that he will would need to get things done because it's amazing how much he's done when it's just been him. Mm-hmm. He has the music too, right? Even the, like, the killer yeah. music. Yeah. So he does the music, the programming, a lot of the art, and then he has, he does use a, a, an artist named Temi, that's her artist name, mm-hmm. who does some art stuff for him as well, and I'm assuming that he's paying her. Other than that, it's really just been two-person team where he does like 70% of everything, so. So I don't have much else really to say about it. I think it's very good. Um, for free, I would definitely check it out. It is free. We didn't, we, did we mention that? Yeah, I said that at the beginning. Okay. It was like a surprise free release. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a two-hour experience that's really good and it's completely free. Do you have anything else you want to say about it? Or I guess because of the music, I think I, I, I'll say graphically it looks a lot better than Undertale did. Um, the animations are much more fluid and there's a lot more to them, which is fine. I know that I just like the look of Undertale, but that's definitely a step up I found while I watching it. Yeah. the backgrounds of it. And the character animations, like when they, because you're actually seeing your characters this time in the combat, like when they do their victory poses or their block animations, like it looks very smooth. I noticed that. It's something I didn't really get from Undertale ever. <laughs> there is definitely an art upgrade. Mm. I will say Temi is an amazing artist. I follow her Twitter and I love a lot of her work. Sometimes I feel like the greatness of her work doesn't really translate to the pixel format that Mm -hmm. well um but there was definitely an art upgrade i'm really interested to see you know with more resources and more staff how the art can be upgraded even further the music is one thing that does not need to be upgraded that's so great toby fox is i think probably a composer first and then everything else is like second the music is amazing it's great Uh, some people like it more than undertale i like Undertale a little bit more, but it's definitely like how could you follow up to the soundtrack of Undertale, and yet he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to listen to it more to render my judgment, but and it stands apart from it too. Mm-hmm. I think it's got its own unique spin. It's not just more Undertale music. It's got yeah. its own feeling to it, which is pretty cool. It's got an '80s feeling. Yeah, a lot of the art and music has kind of an 80s aesthetic to it which is interesting I think maybe that's just him being nostalgic for his childhood or I'm not sure 80s maybe. aesthetic is really popular right now anyway yeah, I love some future cop yeah <laughs> it does it does kind of sound like future cop everything you have to say I'll give the OG link because I'll, I'll also link it to the site where you can download it for free because why yeah, it's not good <laughs> people should play it and yeah. then read the theories online and and come up with their own theories it's yeah. one of the most fun things about it is discussing the the meta and the theories around it so all right so you can check out delta rune it's on mac and pc at og link 26 b l believe it the show is over goodbye <laughs> no, bye goodbye <laughs>